0: Judges chapter number 18, if you will, this morning. Judges in chapter 18. It's there in your notes or it'll be on the screen here in a few minutes. Uh, If you'd like to follow along while I read aloud, if you could stand to your feet this morning, if you're physically able to. uh, The reading, respect for the reading of God's Word, give you one last chance to stretch before the message. And we'll start in verse number one and just read a few verses this morning in Judges chapter 18. The Bible says, in those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in, for unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. The children of Dan sent out of their family five men from their coast, men of valor, from Zorah, and from Eshtol, to spy out the land and to search it. And they said unto them, Go, search the land, who when they came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, they lodged there. When they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite. And they turned in thither, and said unto him, Who brought thee hither, and what makest thou in this place, and what hast thou here? And he said unto them, Thus and thus dealeth Micah with me, and hath hired me, and I am his priest. And they said unto him, Ask counsel, we pray thee of God, that we may know whether our way which we go shall be prosperous. And the priest said unto them, Go in peace. Before the Lord is your way wherein you go. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. And thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord. This, and these great people. Lord, and our founding pastor and Lord, his wife. And, Lord, what you've done all these years. Lord, on the corner here of Leland and 213. And thank you for your continual work the lives of so many people. Thank you for those who are serving this morning and laboring, Lord in our nursery and our children's church, our, our teens. Thank you for those who've helped out with our bus ministry and greeting and ushering in the music the orchestra and or now we come together, or the sound and, and all that is, is happening right now, to hear from you. Lord, all is vain unless the spirit comes down, the Bible says and may you fill me with your holy spirit power or may you open up our hearts open up our minds may you be free to work be with those who are here in person those in the 8 30 service or now those online tuning in may they know they're loved and appreciated Lord, may we hear from you today so we can be challenged and helped may it be on our level lord in in our world we're living in and And may it help us to be able to have some practical things to take home and apply this week. Lord, your word has been forever and it will always go on. But we're thankful that it's relevant even today and the day and age we live. We sure do love you, Lord, and thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, There's a story about a woman who was in a weight loss club and there was a contest going on and an elderly woman won the weight loss uh, contest and the younger lady said, you know, I'm going to go ask her how she does it. I want to figure this out because I want to win next time. She's very competitive. And she talked to the the elderly lady and says, how do you do it? What can I do to implement what you do? She says, well, it's easy. Every night I take my teeth out at 6 o'clock. And it reminds me of the story of uh, of a man who uh, a friend was telling the story who an elderly man who one night got dropped off at her house in a police car and the, uh, the friend uh, the granddaughter said uh, you know what happened the patrolman said well this old gentleman had been lost in the city park and had been asking for help and why grandfather my friend asked you've been going there for 40 years how could you get lost the old man smiley smiled slyly he said I wasn't exactly lost. I just got tired of walking, you know. And here we have a man in scripture who knows the right way. It's evident because he refers to it often, Micah. But I think he just got tired of doing things the right way and he wanted to do things his way and what he thought was best. He wanted to manufacture his own religion, his own god. He wanted to paint his own picture of what he felt like he needed to do. And it all stemmed back from a mother who uh, allowed him to get by with stealing silver and then went to as far as even praising him, saying it's okay without standing strong and demanding rep- repentance and restoration. Instead, she enables him and empowers him. And eventually, this man becomes a very wealthy Levite, a uh, wealthy man who hires a Levite and really builds his own tabernacle, his own worship center. And it doesn't just stop with him, as you'll see later in this chapter, there's houses there, and perhaps even a village is starting to be created here. And Micah here is on his way in his mind to being blessed by the Lord. We saw that at the last verse of last chapter. But this morning we're going to see it trickling into not just a family, not just a community, but a whole tribe, and eventually into the whole country of Israel, this thing called idolatry, and how each and every one of us, that can happen to us, because we all have selfish motives, and we all have selfish disobedience, but we're going to see the damaging effects of those things, and really four people groups. So really my main points today are really uh, splitting the story up into four different groups, And what we can learn from them today. And so number one, if you're writing in your handout, the Bible, or we see number one, the desperate Danites. The desperate Danites. The Bible says in verse number one, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Now keep in mind, they were doing everything that was right in their own eyes. Now there was a king in Israel. That king was God, our Lord and Savior. And by the way, he's still the sovereign king. He still is the king of kings, even today. Though we're ruled by local government, we are thankful that God is in control and that we serve a mighty, powerful God. But the Bible says there, in those days, a tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. Now, we're going to see Micah here. The story leaves him for a little bit, but in just a few verses, it incorporates him. So it's kind of uh, two different areas that kind of intersect here. And the Bible says there, for unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. so what is happening here is a tribe was given uh, a place t- to dwell, a place of their own in the inheritance. The Bible says in Joshua 19 1940 through 46 exactly how that inheritance was assigned to them. but they were also promised that with God's help and if they would go they would be able to drive out the Canaanites and they would be able to have their own land and be prosperous and enjoy the goodness of God. But unfortunately, they did not drive out the land. And the reason being was in Judges 1.34, the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come into the valley. They did not trust God enough because of the iron chariots. If you remember the Philistines, of course, had invented the iron, invented all the weapons that come with it, the iron chariots, and they could not overcome him. But they could not on their own, but they could with God's help. But they chose not to trust God and they were forced into the hills. So instead of the lush Willamette Valley, if you will, for them... They could not take it; They had to go into the hills and be a nomadic tribe and travel from place to place and find their learning their, their living from from the mountains, if you will and It was not an easy living to make, but they chose that way because they were not willing to address the Amorites and the Philistines. What is interesting though about this is that the Danites in when Moses was still in control there and, and leading them, Danites was the most powerful tribe, the strongest tribe. They had the most people. And so the Danites were a very powerful tribe with a lot of people. They should have, if any of the tribes could have, they should have been able to defeat their land. What's interesting is their land was the smallest allotment of all the other tribes. So really they had the smallest area to conquer and... They had the most people to do it with, the strongest people. But yet they chose not to. And this continued on in Judges 5, 17. They failed to help Deborah and Barak when they could have helped them destroy Sisera and, of course, their land as well. The Bible says, And why did Dan remain in the ships? So Dan was notorious of not willing to take a stand and fight for what was rightfully theirs. And because of that, They became known as some of the weakest of God's people. And really, they start acting like Micah, as we'll see later. They want their own God. They want their own way. They want their own territory. They want all that to be their own. They do not want a judge. They do not want a God. They want to be able to be in control of their life. They have an idolatrous view of God. They're restless. They're alienated because... They've chosen not to obey God. And they will try to take and poach a land from another people simply because it will be easier for them. May I say, we as Christians sometimes can fall prey to this because we're flesh. We're just sinners saved by grace. That's why we must understand in Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2, we've been commanded by God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As Christians, it's easy sometimes, as human beings, to take what's easy and go the easy route. And go what's the least path of resistance, the uh, least amount of of controversy, the uh, confrontation, the least amount, the easiest way. But... May I say today that with God, God has a will for us and God wants to take us and he wants to take our life and mold it and make us exactly what he wants us to be. But yet the Danites did not want that. They wanted what they wanted. And because of that, we see they latch on to this idolatrous view that Micah has already started, which brings us to number two. We see the misguided house of Micah. Now keep in mind, Micah has put his own... Uh, a teraphim in place, he put his own ephod, he has built his own shrine, he has all these little gods he has there, and he's got this little village, and he started out with his son being his priest, but he booted his son from being the priest when he came upon this Levite, which we later find out is Jonathan, which is the grandson of Moses. And here he gets paid to become this man's priest. Everything seems to be going, great. For Micah, the problem is not only does he have a community full of idolatry, we'll see later that it ends up making a whole country full of idolatry. The Bible says there, who when they came to Mount Ephraim, in verse 2, to the house of Micah, they lodged there. So what happens? Well, they take five men from the Danites. The Danites get together and say, okay, they're in Eshtol. If you remember, that's where Samson... Uh, got beguiled by Delilah and of course uh, lost everything when, they, when, she, gave, when she when she said, uh, uh, Samson said, if a razor comes to my head and they lost everything, we see that the Danites were in that area. So there's much Philistines, much Amorites there. And they said, okay, we need five men full of valor who's willing to go and find us a new place to dwell. So they picked these five men out and away they go. And along their journey, they... Come to Micah. Now, the only reason why they would have came to Mount Ephraim was because they had to go through the mountainous pass. They should have gone through the valley of Jezreel, which would have been an easier way north, but then they would have had to go through all the Philistines and Amorites. So, they go through the mountains and they happen upon Micah. And the Bible says, when they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man the Levite, and they turned in thither and said unto him, Who brought thee thither? And what makest thou in this place? And what hast thou here? And he said unto them, Thus and thus dealeth Micah with me, and hath hired me, and I am his priest. So these five men are walking along, and along the journey they hear a man. And they think, that's interesting. He sounds like a priest. There shouldn't be a tabernacle here. The tabernacle is in Shiloh. What in the world? What, What is this guy doing? Why is he here? And so they come and they ask him, what you're doing? And he says, well, I've been hired by Micah to be his priest. I have my own place to do worship. Well, it's almost like an aha moment, if you will. It's like something they've never thought of before. Why in this world have we never thought about having our own church, having our own priest, having our own God? This is a genius thing. And these five men are talking amongst themselves. They're asking about this Levite. And it clicks, as we'll see later. It reminds me of the aha moment years ago. I remember when my dad uh, first found out about bottled water. He said, son, I will never pay for water. We lived in the country. We had a well, and, uh, uh, which I, I loved our well water. I still do. My wife, on the other hand, would rather have the purified water. But when you grow up in a country, that's just you get used to it. So, anyways, I digress. But uh, we had uh, bottled water. And I, I said, Dad, why won't you ever? He goes, I'll never pay for it. No one's ever going to do that. I don't even know why they're trying to sell that. I mean, that's ridiculous. Who pays for water? Well, if you live in the city, you do, right? But uh, what's interesting, in March of 2017, the Beverage Marketing Corporation came out with a new consulting firm who announced that the United States has a new favorite beverage, not coffee or tea or soda or alcoholic. No, Americans now drink by volume more bottled water than any other packaged beverage. It's the number one seller. In fact, if you go in the airport and get the smart water, you can pay a lovely $7.52. Now, it's amazing. But what's interesting, I found this was interesting, beverage companies routinely use terms like mountain fresh with pictures of glaciers and snow-capped peaks to promote water that never came within 100 miles of a mountain, (laughs) much less the Arctic. In fact, the Ozarks... Ozark Ozarka is no longer bottled in the Ozarks, but rather comes from springs in East Texas. And the California brand Yosemite waters? No, doesn't come from Yosemite. It's actually pumped up from a well in Orange County. Okay. What are you saying, Pastor Justin? I'm simply saying, this is an aha moment in their lives. They're thinking, why didn't we think of this? Why do it God's way? Why not we... Say God's stuff and do it the way that we wanted to do. And what's interesting here is we see a community of idolatry now starting to transition into a country of idolatry. All because Micah wasn't willing uh, to obey God. And what's even more interesting is it all starts because a mother did not properly respond to a backstabbing, thieving child. And what's the result? A nation full of idolatry. Now, to be fair, she did have the help of selfish and disobedient men. But it is a good reminder this morning to us parents and leaders that we need to be willing to take a stand. We need to be willing to nurture and to train up in the way of God. We need to be willing to help our children see that, whoa, 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 whoa. this is the way, walk ye in it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Micah's mom plays no further role in the story after the creation of the idols. And it affects not just a man, not just a home, but eventually a community and then a whole country. And so we see, first of all, this morning, the desperate Danites, the misguided house of Micah. But third of all, I want us to see another character, the lying Levite. The lying Levite in verse 5. And they said unto him, ask counsel, we pray thee of God. That we may know whether our way which we shall go shall be prosperous. The the five young men said, hey, will you ask of God and make sure that we're going to be prosperous? Ask him what we need to do. And so what does the Levite say? And the priest said unto them, go in peace before the Lord is your way wherein you go. Now, what did the Levite do? He basically told them what they wanted to hear. He was not hearing from God. God wouldn't talk to a man who was serving idols, promoting idol worship. He had it all mixed up. And we see the lying Levites. The priests and their assistants were all members of the tribe of Levi to serve the people, to teach them how to worship God, to perform the rituals involved in worship services, not performing duties in a house, not using idols, and not claiming to speak for God when God had not spoken to him. In fact... God was so serious about this. In Deuteronomy eighteen twenty it says, But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. These men were excited because they thought they had heard from God. But they were more excited because the Levite had told them what God had said, which was exactly what they wanted to hear. Doesn't that sound familiar to our day and age? What does the Bible say in Second Timothy 4.3? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. We must be very careful as Christians to not to allow ourselves to only have an ear to those who are saying what we want to hear. But may we also have an ear to be open to what God's word clearly tells us even if it's not a passage we particularly like. Why? Because God's word is what should be our standard, not what we want to hear or what we think is right. And so we see this morning desperate Danites. We see the misguided house of Micah. We see the lying Levite. And then I want us to see number four, another group of people. We have the lethargic Latians. The Bible says in verse 7, then the five men departed, okay? So keep in mind, these five men of Danites, they're they are searching, they're grasping, they're tired of dealing with the Philistines, they're tired of dealing with the Amorites, they're tired of living in the mountains, they want that luscious green valley that they cannot have because the Philistines will not let them. They will not trust God, though, they want to do things their way, and so they're desperate. And they, they go and they find this church, they find this shrine, this house out of nowhere that gives them that blessing that they're going to find something great. And so they leave and they're all excited. This is things are getting to happen. Man, this is going to be great. And so as they leave, the Bible says from Mount Ephraim, they came to Laish. Laish is about 104 miles from Mount Ephraim. So they've had to go quite a ways. And they come around this corner, perhaps maybe around the bend or perhaps over the hill. And they look down and they see this gorgeous valley. It's the farthest northern tip in Israel. It's beautiful. People there are doing very good. They're doing great. The Bible says, and they saw the people that were therein. Obviously, they went into the city. They're observing the inhabitants, the number of strength. They're trying to figure out the manner of living. They're trying to figure out all these things. And they're looking at this thing, it's a very productive city, that's very fertile land, they have great produce, they have great security, great ease, life is just great, they're kind of by themselves, they're kind of in their own little world, it's this perfect world, and the five young men from Dan says, oh man, this would be easy to capture way easier than the land that we're supposed to have, that God gave us. By the way, that God said he would get, help us get. This will be way easier to take. So how about we just disregard what God said, and we got something way better. And so we see they come to the city, and, uh, and behold, it was very good. Stanley said, the rich and beautiful seclusion of that loveliest of the scenes of Palestine. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places. It's great. It's amazing. They think they found their pot of gold and they thought, this is fantastic. God, I'm sorry you didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sorry you gave us that little piece of property that, yes, would have been great. Yes, we were strong enough. Yes, with your help, we could have had it. Yes, we could have had your will, but we don't want your will. We have a way better option. So what do they do? Well, they run back and they're excited to inform their brethren in the South both of the value of their prize and how easily it could be made their prize. But this brings me back to the Latians. What in the world were they thinking? They have no idea. They're in their own little world doing their own little things. So what can that teach us? Well, they were quiet and secure, we see in verse 7. They had nothing to worry about in verse 7. They were a God to themselves. They had no one interfering, no one telling them what to do. They had freedom. This is the spirit, though, of most in our world today. God calls Christians to be separate from those who are turning their backs upon God. God calls us to separate from those who are determined to live lives their own way. Not the way God would have us do it. To map out things for themselves, to live their life without reference to God or his law, and those who have no deliverer. You see, the Latians are like many people today. They don't need God. They don't need the things of God. They don't need his church. They don't need his word. They're okay on their own. But the problem with that, as the Latians will see later, is their own life becomes their biggest snare. Their glorious freedom becomes their destruction, and the way of life causes death. And it's a very sad story as this unfolds as it goes on. May I say, on our own, we think the grass is greener on the other side. We think... I could just do my own thing, my own way. Everything's going to be a-okay. But at the end of the day, God's will is always right. His word is always the best. And what he wants for us is so much better than anything we can manufacture. In fact, we'll look at later how hard they had to work to make this happen. If they would have put that much effort in, they could have had God's will. But they they were just stubborn to do things what they wanted. And so that brings us to number five, the despoiled Danites, the despoiled Danites. The Bible says in verse nine, And they said, Arise, that we may go up against them, for we have seen the land. Behold, it is very good. And are ye still, Be not slothful to go and to enter to possess the land? So what they do? They came back and told the other men of Danites, Hey, <laughs> this place is amazing. Yes, we're going to travel through the mountains a long way. It's going to be brutal, but once you get there, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be way better in this valley. We don't have to deal with the Philistines. We don't have to deal with the Amorites. Yes, I know it's not what God said, but it's okay. God actually told us it's going to be better. And I'll look, we'll look at that in a little bit here. The Bible says in verse number 10, When you go, you shall come into a people secure, and to a large land, for God hath given it into your hands. Now, had God really said that? Noah, a lying Levite said that because he was trying to appease them, which made Micah feel great. Now my religion is helping people. Levite is all excited. He feels good about himself. But at the end of the day, he's actually hurting people because in their mind, they are doing what they think is right. And now they have God's approval behind it, which at the end of the day, they did not have God's approval. They had a lying Levite who just said they did. So we said there they wanted to go to this place where there is no one of anything. There's no Philistines, no Amorites. By the way, guys, there's no judges there. There's no kings there. There's no priests there. It's just going to be us and everything we want. So we see this in verse number 11. And there went from thence of the family of Danites, out of Zorah and out of Eshterol, six hundred men appointed with weapons of war. They went up and pitched in Kerjath jerim and Judah. Wherefore, they called that place Manadon. Unto this day, behold, behold it is behind kerjath If they would have put this much effort into destroying their land, they could have already had their inhabitants. God used three hundred men with Gideon. He could have used six hundred men to destroy this area. But instead, they want what they want. May I say this morning, oftentimes, we can also refuse to lean and trust on God. Can we not? We can instead want what we want. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I will admit that God gave you a brain, you should use it. God gives you discernment, you should use it. But it should be filtered through his word. It should be filtered through his will and his way. Not our flesh, not what we're tempted to do, but what God wants us to do. The Bible says in verse 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Yet so many times, instead of trusting God, we are like Psalms 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Why? Why do we do that? What's so hard about trusting God and following his word and doing what he wants? Well, the Bible says in Galatians, Colossians 1, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath you reconciled. Do you realize we fight God's way and God's will and God's word because of our sin nature? The Bible says we were born in sin. Wherefore is by one man sent into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for the all have sinned. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short. That sin is keeping us from God. Therefore, we run to what our flesh wants more than what God wants if we are not a child of God, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty for our sin, and that is death in hell. I don't know about you, but that's not somewhere I want to go. The Bible says, where the worm dieth not, there is darkness eternally, and people are gnashing of teeth, and it's a place of misery, a place of torment. And that's where we're headed if we do not accept Christ as our Savior. The good news is that God commended his love toward us. God gave his love to us. And that while we were sinners, Christ died for us on a cross. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you realize this morning that your sin is keeping you from God? Your sin is keeping you from heaven but Jesus Christ wants to make a way on a cross so that you can go to go to him and you can get saved and you can go to heaven one day. You must give your life to him. Why do we need God? Because our very own nature is to do what we want do You say, "Well, I'm pretty good, guy. I'm pretty good." Yeah, yeah. We all try our best, but at the end we're not good enough. The Bible says for all have sinned. That's an old medieval term. That when you threw a dart at a dartboard and you missed it by just a little bit or you missed it by a mile, you still missed. You sinned. Whether you missed it a little bit or a lot, you've still missed Jesus Christ on your own. You must go through him and him alone. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man come to the Father but by me. My question to you this morning is, do you believe that? Will you accept that? Will you allow God to become your Lord and Savior? Well, what happens? The Bible says in verse 13 and they, that's the Danites, that's the 600 men and their families. These are the soldiers. These are the men who are going to get it done. Uh, They're heading up to Laish and they passed thence into Mount Ephraim and came into the house of Micah. So what do they do? They start up towards Laish and They go through the mountain terrain. They don't go through Jezreel because even though it's a way easier path, they don't want to go through all the Philistines and Amorites. And so they go up this mountainous pass and they come into the house of Micah. And as we're going to see next week, they want to take some things from Micah. And eventually Micah's house of cards he has built so carefully comes crashing down around him. And he even makes a statement like, I've lost I've lost everything. Because his religion was not tied to God. It was tied to his things and his objects. May I say you can lose everything. But if you still have God, you have everything. And we see that next week. What happens with all that? But this morning I want to leave you with this. Stephen Armstrong says this. A little sin will lead to a bigger sin. And a bigger sin will ultimately lead to selfish idolatry. So what is happening here is one man's sin is now influencing a whole community, which is now influencing a whole uh, tribe, which will eventually influence a whole country, all because one thing leading to another. Years ago, a sailor was left in charge of the helm of a ship with directions from the captain to keep his eye on a certain star and steer the vessel directly towards it. A young man faithfully promised to do that. He says, "I'll do it, no problem." The captain was tired, so he went down into the helm of the ship and he took, took some nap there and was sleeping and slept longer than he intended, and when he got up, he realized the vessel was going exactly opposite of where he told the young man to go. He said, "What does all this mean, Patrick?" the sailor. The sailor replied, "Captain, ye must pick me out another star." For I've sailed clear by that one. You know, that's what happens when we lose sight of Christ, does it not? That's what happens when we lose sight of his word. That's what happens when we focus on our feelings. What we want. We lose sight of where God wants us to go. And that's what happened to the Danites. They were willing to leave God's perfect will to chase after something they wanted because it looked better for them. And in the end, we see they totally forsake their God and fall into a bigger idolatry than they ever been. They got what they wanted, but they lost what they could have had. I want to encourage you today to keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes focused on His Word. Keep your eyes focused on His Holy Spirit working in your life. Don't ever lose sight of where God would want you to be. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. What can we learn from Micah? What can we learn from the Danites? What can we learn from the Latians? What can we learn from this Levite? Well, we can learn several things. First of all, we can learn that if you really want something bad enough, you can go get it. But it could be a directly opposite of what God would want you to do. How many times have I seen that in my life? People that I grew up with, people I went to school with, people I used to work with, said, you know what? I'm not going to do this whole God thing. I'm going to do my own thing. And they just struggled in life. Not that my life has always turned out perfect, but I will tell you this. It's a huge difference when you put God first in your life versus when you don't. So maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you say, you know what, Pastor Justin, I need a little adjustment. I'm a little off course. I've lost sight of the star, if you will, in that story. I've lost sight of God. Kind of been focusing on what I wanted and God touched my heart. Maybe there's someone this morning that would say, you know, I've been a little misguided by the world, by the Micahs of this world, if you will, and I've kind of got a little off track. I maybe shouldn't have, should have stood stronger in some areas as a father, as a mother as a leader, I, I should have led better, and I need to grow in that area. Maybe there's someone this morning that is like the, the Levite. You 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 you're, you're wanting counsel that you want to hear, not what you know is right. And so you go to your friends, or you go to people that you know that are going to say what you want instead of the person who loves you enough to actually be honest with you and tell you the truth. May you adjust this morning, maybe who Who's counseling you? Maybe you're like the Latians, Think you have everything you need, everything you want. You don't need God. You don't need Him in your life. But maybe this morning you realize, like the Latians, they're going to find that it's empty. Life is empty without God. Like Micah's going to find out. Life is empty without a relationship with God. Like The Danites, they have everything, but without God, they have nothing. Maybe there's someone today that realizes now, You've tried everything. You've tried what the world has to offer. You've tried philosophy. You've tried all these theories. But at the end of the day, you're realizing, I just need a relationship with God. I need Jesus Christ to save me. I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Maybe there's someone this morning that does not know that for sure. May I encourage you to come to Christ today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I do not want to embarrass anyone. But how many out there today would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I need him in my life. That you, always slip up your hand. I see that hand this morning. Anybody else? Maybe I see that hand. Anybody else this morning, maybe in the balcony, that say, I need Jesus Christ in my life. If you raised your hand this morning, may I encourage you to say something like this. I prayed this prayer, something similar to this when I was a, when I was a 10-year-old boy, and I came to this realization. The prayer isn't really necessarily what saves you, it's you giving your life to Christ, you accepting Him in your life. Say something like this, say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. Though I've tried to do good things, I realized this morning nothing I can do can get me to heaven. Lord, I come through you and you alone confess my sin, repent of it, and I invite you into my life. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, with heads bowed and eyes closed. No one's looking around. If you just prayed that prayer in a minute, will you slip your hand real quick? I want to rejoice with you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe there's someone this morning that would say, Pastor Justin, I I know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I'll be honest with you, I've I've kind of got sidetracked on wanting what I want. And I realize this morning I, I'm a little bit backwards on that. I need what God wants for my life. Will you pray for me that I'll stay focused on God and not what I want? That you always slip your hand this morning. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone this morning that would say, you know, I've had a hard time practicing Proverbs three, five, and six, trusting in the Lord. I keep following after what I want, and I, I want to pray, Pastor Just, when you pray for me this morning, that I'll start trusting the Lord more and putting him more in my life. If that's you we slip your hand, I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's some this morning that are searching for, for the counsel that you want to hear and that, that fits you in your picture, but at the end of the day you realize, I need to be willing to listen to the truth. I need to listen to the right kind of counsel. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? If that's you, we lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, you see the hands. You know the hearts. Maybe there's someone here tonight, this morning, that would say, you know what, Pastor Justin, I I have a burden I'm carrying. I'm dealing with some issues in my life, some relationships, some struggles. I'm dealing with some financial issues, some health issues. I've just got some burdens today, and I just want to give them to the Lord. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? If that's you, we lift up your hand this morning. God bless you. Lord, you see the hands, you know the hearts. Thank you for those who gave the life to you today. Thank you for those who were honest enough to realize that they need to grow in some areas. Lord, like the Danites, we can be focused on what we want so much that we can leave the perfect will of God. Lord, I pray you'll be with those this morning who are listening to the wrong, wrong kind of counsel. They're not discerning it, they're not making sure it really is from God. Lord, I pray you'll be with those who are misguided or the the ones who are misguiding people like the Micahs in this world. Lord, I pray you'll just be with those today who need to take that next step of of growth. Maybe there's some that need to follow in baptism as we will be having some baptized. Lord, maybe they'd like to join them. Maybe there's some this morning that um, would like to join the church. Lord, I pray you'll just work in lives like only you can. We sure do love you, Lord. Bless this invitation time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano is gonna play. As we do every service, if God's touched your heart, the altar is wide open. Please feel free to come forward. Spend some time in prayer. For those who are following the baptism, we'll go ahead and get ready at this time. Maybe there's some that would like to join the church. Some that would like uh, to talk to someone about that love to talk to you about that. Maybe there's some this morning that would like to come forward and have one of our pastors pray with you. If you have a need or a burden, we'd love to pray with you as well. However the Lord is leading in your life, may I encourage you to do just that this morning.
1: eyes are closed, pastors getting ready to see some people baptized, but what's the decision you need to make in your heart today? What does Christ want you to decide? Let him speak to your heart right now. Heads are bowed, Christians are praying. Let decisions be made for the cause of Christ. Christ seated but also prayerful as others are still making decisions and piano would you just play some more thank you God bless you. Well, wonderful message from God's Word, and we praise God for that. Let me just share a few things. We have some several getting baptized, one whole family. We have Brianna uh, Caldron, Omar Caldron, Nicholas Caldron, Gabriel Caldron, and Dominic Nelson, all following the Lord in baptism this morning, so that's certainly going to be exciting to see them make that important decision. May I mention that if you're relatively new to Grandview Baptist Church, next Sunday, right after the 11 o'clock service, is the starting point class, and that's a class where they share some of the history, what we believe, how we operate, how we practice as a church, as well as a spiritual gift test, so we'll know where it is God wants you to serve in future ministry. And in addition to that, you have a wonderful uh, meal together. There's a brisket, uh, all cooked and delicious, and it's going to be a wonderful meal for you right after the service. So I hope if you're new to our church, you'll consider being a part of that. You can sign up on the information desk, uh, and that would be helpful for us. But if not, you can just show up. We'll we'll still let you come and feed you good. For those who are in the Best Years Club, be mindful that right after the service, uh, several people will be getting food from their cars and bringing it into the church. And so fellowship a little bit in the auditorium, and we'll be setting up and getting everything ready, and probably within less than 10 minutes, we'll be ready to have prayer and then walk through the line and get plenty of food and be able to fellowship with us we're looking forward to having Brother Cameron preach tonight. He always does a great job, and we'll see that in just a minute on the next video. Um, again, for our guests, we're so glad to have you with us. If you fill out a Connect card and can go into the foyer with that and turn that in, well, we have a Starbucks card for you, just a way to say thank you for being our guest this morning. And so thank you so very much for being doing that. At this time, we're going to go ahead and watch the video, and uh, then we will see people follow the Lord and believers. Baptism, always an exciting thing. Baptism is not for salvation, but it's the first step of Christian obedience, and it's always good to see people making their first step. You remember when your children took their first steps? What a blessed that thing that was, one step and then fall over, uh, but you know, one or two steps into the hands of daddy or mama. And that's what a believer's doing when they get baptized. It's Christian obedience, doing what Jesus asked them to do. And it's such a wonderful step of obedience. So let's go ahead and watch the next video and see the announcements that we have coming up here.
0: Good morning and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for a sermon from our young adult pastor Cameron Howell. The Grandview Nursery is looking for volunteers to serve once or twice a month. If this is a place you'd like to serve, please sign up at the welcome desk or see Miss Alicia Layton.
1: We're excited about team Camp coming up July 31st through August 4th. If you've not signed up for team Camp or you've not paid, you can do so online at grandviewcares.com. The Israel trip is coming up in January. Normally, we have many people interested, and already I've talked to many people that have said they are, but you have not signed up yet. In the next month or two, we've got to finalize that So if you are interested, please sign up very quickly.
0: Don't forget to join us next Sunday morning following the 11 a.m. service for our starting point class. Explore membership at
1: Grandview, find out more about growing in your relationship with Christ, and get connected with our church. Enjoy a delicious meal while learning how to take the next step in your
0: journey of faith here at Grandview. Our Level Up Teaching and Training modules will be held next Sunday night, July 30th, during the 5 p.m. service. Come and choose two modules on various topics from the lineup. Don't miss this special time of training with something for every Christian. If this is your first or second
1: time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. This is Gabriel, Uh, Gabriel, and I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. This is Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death, raised in the likeness of His resurrection. Uh, This is Omar. Omar, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of His death... Raised in the likeness of his resurrection.
0: Okay. Dominic Dominic accepted Christ when he was a teenager, uh, but wants to follow it in baptism today. Dominic, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the likes of his death. <laughs> Raised in the likes of his resurrection. <clears throat> Brianna, Brianna is the mother of the three young men who got baptized earlier. And uh, she also got assurance of salvation once, the Lord, in baptism today. And so, Brianna, I baptize you with my sister in the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Ghost, thanks to his death, raised, thanks to his resurrection. <laughs> this is Daisy. Daisy also accepted Christ when she was younger. But has never followed in baptism, and she says, "I want to get that taken care of today." Perfect. And so we're so excited for her. Daisy, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. I baptize you, my sister, in the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. For like says, resurrection. Praise Raise like says, "Resurrection."
1: Well, always a blessing to see people follow the Lord in believers' baptism. At this time, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you for being here in God's house this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us like you do. What a wonderful privilege to be called your children. Lord, thank you for loving us, providing for us, taking care of us, leading and guiding us. Lord, I pray your blessing on each person here. I pray that they would go with your grace and peace. I pray that you would protect them, dear Father. I pray that you'll guide their homes, their lives. I pray that you'll take care of every single need that they have. And Lord, for those who have heavy burdens, I pray that they'll put them on your shoulders to carry. And Father, thank you for loving us and bless the rest of this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.